Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Our guest this week is the definition of a Broadway gypsy. Not only was she in the ensemble of such hits as Peter Pan with Sandy Duncan in the original Broadway production of La Cage Foll, she also performed in Bob Fosse's Dancing and was a staple of the infamous Milligan Breakfast Show in the 70s and 80s. As if that wasn't impressive enough, our guest was in five of the most notorious flops in Broadway history. King of Hearts, Carmelina... Copperfield, Merlin, and Teddy and Alice. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Bob Fosse, Ron Field, Georgia Brown, and Cheetah Rivera, here is the one and only Spence Ford. Oh, hello, Rob and Kevin. Hi, Spence. (laughs) Thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. So, Spence, I'm so curious. What exactly was the Milliken Breakfast Show? Because that it's not around anymore. So what exactly was that? It was the granddaddy of all industrials. Instead of pouring a lot of money into commercials for television or infomercials. They had a a whole section of their company that would design and create a a stage presentation of their new products, their new materials, their new fabrics, and used uh, Broadway gypsies to perform numbers, musical numbers, to uh, wear the clothes and also demonstrate <laughs> how easily easily the clothes could be washed. Oh, I have some funny stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the Millican Breakfast Show, um, they usually hired, I think it was 16 female Broadway gypsies and 12 men. I could be wrong on the numbers. Did, did so. you audition for this? Or oh, did my they... gosh. It was, it was huge to audition for it. Right. But was it a good paycheck? Is that why everyone wanted to do it? Huge paycheck. Okay. Right. Wow. And they wanted people who were currently working on Broadway. So they wanted people who already had matinees and, um, you know, six evening shows a week. Yeah. And they would work around your schedule. <laughs> and they treated you like royalty. And uh, fabulous choreographers would stage these numbers. And fabulous stars would be the headliners. So the first year I did it... Um, Gosh, Donna McKechnie was in it. <laughs> Ann Miller was in it. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, wow. Gregory Hines, Dorothy Loudon. Oh, my gosh. Phyllis Diller. Phyllis Diller oh did one. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so we would rehearse. Right. And on a normal day when you didn't have a matinee, you would rehearse from like 9 in the morning until 5. Right. And in the morning when you came into rehearsals, there would be a long 
tables with huge urns, silver urns of coffee and tea, water, and Danish, big trays of Danish <laughs> and fruit, big bowls of fruit, all this kind of fruit. And then at lunch break, you'd come back from lunch and there would be these enormous boxes of chocolates oh. for us. A bunch of dancers. Just <laughs> great. I, I mean, I enjoyed them. Yeah. I don't know if some of the other dancers <laughs> didn't, but I'd be like putting them in my dance bag. Um, and then on matinee days, each, each um, dancer who was on a Broadway show, and like I said, most of the cast was, yeah. they would provide a limo to take you to your stage door and plenty of time for you to be ready for your show. That's fancy. And, um, and the rehearsals were for four weeks, and then the performances happened in the Waldorf Astoria Ballroom, Ooh. and they were performed basically for a breakfast show. So they were having all of their salespeople from all over the country come, yeah. and the, the breakfast show would be at 7.30 in the morning. Right. <laughs> or I think 7.30 was our half hour. That's so our early. performance would start at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah, our call was 7 a.m. And how long was the, the show itself? Maybe an hour. Right. And was right. it all original music? Would they, it was. Uh, no, it was not original music. <laughs> they would take songs and, uh, <laughs> and change the lyrics oh, classic. to make them about the material. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I just remember one. It's, it's a, uh, you're going to tell me the name of the Stevie Wonder song. And it was about this fabric called um, Visa. Visa hugs you all over. Visa <laughs> hugs you all over. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. And Donna McKechnie was the one dancing that number, backed by all of us. Yeah, that's fantastic. And in between these numbers, this is a, an example of the kind of thing they would do. Um, one year, I was involved in what they call the commercial. I did three of these mm -hmm. things. Um, after the big opening number, they wheeled on this set piece that had three working sinks with running water. Ooh, and technology! I mm. had on a, a blue one shoulder. Um, they're all, they were all polyester yes, fabrics, were. right? Of the seventies, right? Right. Yeah, okay. I did the show in seventy-eight, seventy-nine, and eighty. Okay. And um, and then each one of us, I think I had the the big uh, squirt bottle of mustard, and we had to squ squirt ourselves with mustard. The girl next to me with ketchup, and the other girl with mayonnaise. With real mustard and ketchup. Oh yeah, on and on, just like oh, in front in front of all these people, and then take off your dress. And underneath, you're underdressed with right, a leotard. Of course, yeah. of course. And then put that dress into your sink and swish it around, swish it around, swish it around, and just pull it up, and it was clean. Oh, it my God. It would just show you the magic of polyester oh my God. and how easy it was to clean. <laughs> very, very funny stuff. Oh, my so. goodness. So, now, what got you in to theater? Uh, obviously, it wasn't the dream to be in the Millican Breakfast Show. I mean, no. that, that was up there, but... I started dancing when I was seven. Uh -huh. And I loved dancing. I mean, the, 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 my mother had that um, uh, classic uh, choice. You know, she knew I, she was either going to give me piano lessons or dance mm -hmm. lessons. But every Sunday when Ed Sullivan's show was on, guess what? I was dancing around in yeah. front of the living room. So she decided to give me dance, which I'm forever grateful. Oh, of course. Um, so I started dance at seven, and I took ballet. And then the next year, we added acrobatics. And um, in my fifth year of studying, my mother got real smart. She didn't want me sitting around on my butt doing nothing mm -hmm. over the summer. And there was another teacher in town who was doing a summer ballet for the Parks and Rec program that was going to be in an outdoor amphitheater. Oh. And they were doing Sleeping Beauty. And I was 10, and I was 
So it wasn't my fifth year of dance. It was like my fourth year. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, my mother literally dragged me out of bed and put the tights on me because I didn't. I, was, I decided Saturday morning I went to sleep in, and she's like, "No, you're going. You're dancing." And wow. I got I got cast, and I fell in love with that teacher. Wow. And then my mother, in her wisdom, realized that I needed to switch studios. That she was a much better teacher, and she was a teacher that provided for her students. Um, the ability to come to New York and study in the summers if the parents would approve. Oh, know? my gosh. So when I was 13, I started coming to New York for a week with her. Um, we'd stay at this wonderful wow. old hotel on 57th Street, um, the Great Northern Hotel, which oh. no longer exists. And we would eat at the Automat. <laughs> and we would oh take dance goodness. classes. And dance classes were $2.50 a piece. That's a good do, deal. Do you remember this teacher's name? Oh, gosh, I studied for many teachers. Phil Black was one of the ones, and Charles Kelly. Um, they both taught jazz. And um, Phil also taught acrobatics and uh, tap. Uh -huh. And um, I would take ballet at the, oh, gosh, the International School, which was based inside Carnegie Hall. But I can't remember oh, the names wow, of the wow. teachers. But I did take from some of the um, old ballet teachers, uh, Dubadowski and oh now I'm gonna totally ruin their names but anyways you yeah. know very very old school Russian ballet teachers <laughs> and um, and I took um, Charles Kelly taught in the studios second floor fourth floor over the Ed Sullivan Theater which is now of course is the um, Colbert right, right Colbert's the, the late yeah. night uh, yeah Stephen Colbert right yeah night, that's yeah. right and um, I took class uh, with an in it, with an acrobatic teacher in that same building lower studio the studio was so small you had to go outside in the hall to run in to do your aerial tricks <laughs> <laughs> and his mats his mats were just like uh you know like a couple of tea towels yeah. sewn together oh brilliant yeah <laughs> over on linoleum <laughs> very on linoleum yeah. right different time yeah exactly different time <laughs> so when did you move to new york Officially, how old were you when you when you first moved? I out? did one year of university at University of Virginia, oh. and I realized I really wanted to try to be on Broadway, to dance on Broadway. Because coming up to study with my teacher, yeah. we you would always go see Broadway shows. You know, we'd sit in the very back row of the highest balcony. What was your first Broadway show? My very first Broadway show was Hallelujah Baby with Leslie Uggams. Oh my gosh! Great first Broadway show. I know, I know. Wow. I'd love to see a revival of that. Oh. Okay, I think put right. it out there. I think we all would. I think we all would. Some great music a in there. Great score. It's That's a great score. score. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first one. And then um, after one year at UVA, yeah. my best friend, I had a summer job working uh, at an, a theater, um, historical theater piece on the college of, on the campus of the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. She was graduating from William and Mary in dance, and she was determined to be in the Merce Cunningham Company, and she oh. was moving to New York. And one night, we sat up all night talking, and I said, I'm coming with you. That's <laughs> scary, but good for you. And I told my parents, and then they freaked and wept. Because you were you were I, at that point. I was eighteen. Eighteen, okay. but yeah. still eighteen. Still, New York yeah. City, and yeah. And I, um, I mean, they were lower middle class. My, yeah. my, neither of my parents had graduated from college, and they were very disappointed. And they thought I would end up living on the street. And um, my father was very afraid that I would, um, I would get in trouble with the mafia. <laughs> So specific, <laughs> very specific. I think concern. he was watching a lot of the, uh, you know, um, 
Frank Sinatra, yeah. uh, those movies. The, sure. What do they call them? The Rat Pack? Yes, yeah. oh, the Rat Pack, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, we came up to New York and we lived in the YWCA at 51st and 8th Avenue, oh, my which is now, ironically, has become a retirement home. <laughs> What, so I could amazing. move back, and it could be like full circle. Full circle. And right. what year was that when you first came to? Seventy three, wow. the fall of seventy three. Yeah, incredible. And uh, we, uh, my first goal was to get a job at Radio City and the Ballet yeah. Company because I could. The Ballet Company. Oh, oh, this was back when Radio City showed movies. Okay. Oh. So in mm-hmm. between each showing of the movie would be about a twenty to thirty minute show. Yeah. And they would feature, of course, the Rockettes. Uh-huh. And then there would be a ballet company. There's, they would do one, at least one huge dance extravaganza. Yeah. You know. And um, and I had been to Radio City many times, and I knew I can do fuerte, point, fuerte, fuerte turns to the right and the left, sixteen, and I could do triple pirouettes okay. on point to the right and the left, and hops on point. You know, so I yeah. knew I, I've got the goods, yeah. right? And I thought, well, this is my ace in the hole. So I go and I audition, and I do all my great stuff. And at the end, they said, "Thank you," <laughs> and I. I found myself at the stage door on 50th Street. That was before they used the 51st Street stage door. Uh-huh. And I walked out. Now, this is before Chorus Line. Yeah. But I swear, I heard the voice in my brain say, fuck you, Radio yeah. City. I'm going to go <laughs> dance on Broadway. Yes! <laughs> and you did. And yes. I immediately went down to interview with this company and got my first waitressing job. <laughs> but um, at the same day. <laughs> there we go. No, so when was the first Broadway show? When was the first Broadway? The first show? Broadway show was 1978, King of Hearts, mm. mm-hmm, Hearts. at the Minskoff Theater. At the Minskoff Theater, and yes. who directed that? Ron Field did the choreography and the direction. Now I had done the out of town tryout for that the summer before oh. up at West uh, Westport Playhouse. Oh yeah, and that was uh, directed by A.J. Antoon and choreographed by. Oh, see, this is when my brain uh, starts failing me. And I, I love him. He was a dancer with Alvin Ailey. And it'll oh, come wow. to me before, okay. before long. But A.J. Mm-hmm. Antoon, I mean, that was a yeah. great director because he that did a whole bunch of... That championship season. Yeah, he and won I think a Tony Promises, for. Promises, That's I think right. he also oh, really? directed. Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a brilliant, brilliant director and died much too soon. Mm-hmm. Much too soon, but brilliant, brilliant guy. So what was the story of King of Hearts? I mean, what was the actual plot? Of oh, the, the musical, plot? yeah. Well, the, one of the things that really intrigues me uh, about it is that it was based on this cult movie. It was mm-hmm. a French movie, uh, Le Roi du Coeur, um, and it's about World War I. Mm-hmm. And Alan Bates plays a British soldier who is um, young, and he has, uh, he's in charge of the homing pigeons. Mm-hmm. And they send him into this little French town mm-hmm. to scout around and see what the Germans are up to and then send a pigeon message back and he discovers that um, the Germans have <clears throat> gotten the town evacuated and they planted all these bombs to sabotage the incoming allied troops and uh, but the people when they vacated the town they forgot about the inmates in the asylum <laughs> and the inmates of the asylum of St. Anne's um, get out and they resume their former lives. There's a priest and there's a madam and there's a barber and there's a young a jeune fille, a young woman who wants to be a tightrope walker and um, ballet dancer. And um, so the, the musical, they made it American. It was still World War I, but they made the serviceman an American. Uh-huh. And in the uh, tr- out-of-town tryout, it was Robbie Benson. 
Oh, wow. And, um, and of course, on Broadway, I'm totally blanking on his name. This you, is why I wanted to find the program. No, it's Don Scardino. Oh, Don That's Scardino. Right. I love mm-hmm. him. Who's a mm-hmm. very wonderful television director and now. He's, right. He's currently working in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, right. yeah he's, a, he's a busy man. He's so a busy with man. Don, if you're listening, I apologize. It's just my <laughs> senior moment. <laughs> Do you know why they went from Robbie Benson to Don Scardino? And where, Robbie Benson was up and coming at that oh, yeah. point, right? I can't he had done the, many movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the what's the the big movie that he did the ice skating one? Do you know what I'm talking I'll, about? I know it. Ice you know Castles. I mean? Ice Castles. I, that's okay. A, yeah. Had he done that, or is this mm-hmm. before? Okay, great. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I was, I was in the ensemble, of uh, the original out of town tryout, right. and when they had the auditions for the Broadway production and Ron Field of Cabaret fame. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Bob Fosse did oh, not yeah. choreograph the Broadway show. Um, Ron Field had the uh, auditions, and he hired three men from that original production. Tony Mendez, who played the uh, maitre d', Mm -hmm. and Gordon Weiss, who played the barber, and Michael McCarty, who played the priest, Mm. and me. And I was cast... The only female. The only female. The only female. And I was cast to swing the six major insane women wow. so, <laughs> so i was also named dance captain now i didn't know ron field at all but i had worked with one of his protégés okay. in my non-union days so mm-hmm. i knew of him and um it was it was quite a learning experience Your to work Broadway with Broadway show that man. you were dance captain and covering all those parts it's oh incredible. my <laughs> gosh oh and get this when he was setting i'll never forget this when he was setting the very big dance number in act one he locked everyone out of the studio, including me, while he was creating because of his insecurities. And I'm out in the hall with my notebook, like thinking, how in the world am I supposed to learn all these parts? Yeah. You know, because these, this is not a chorus number where everybody dances alike. Right. These are individuals. Six individual tracks Characters. you have to follow. Well, That's not right. just my six. Yeah. I'm dance captain. I have oh, to know what to know all the men are, everybody's <laughs> doing. And after he completed the number, he unlocked the door. You know, this is hours and hours later, like a whole day of sitting in the hall. I come in and I'm, and I was a mad woman, just a mad woman making little diagrams and X's and, you know. That's incredible. It was insane. And incredible. The, the whole yeah. process, we tried out in Boston uh-huh. and, um, and I, I just have to say, I mean, it was a huge learning experience of how to build a thick skin. Oh, yeah? Because he would, um, out of the blue, come down on you for something that you had no idea that was so offensive. And he was very rude. Oh, my. Right. It, callously rude. Did it affect the room then, everybody? I mean, oh, yes. Because I find when it's t- top down like that, it can really affect mm. the mood Ooh, of yes. the whole situation. It, yeah. was, it was quite a... Oh wow! There are many stories, and I feel were like they, were, was everyone surprised that it closed a little soon? That it did, oh, did, did oh. we know going into it that maybe yeah, this was going question. to this, the last? show? It, the show itself was excellent. Yeah, okay. there's a cast recording of it too. Yeah, and Peter Link yes, wrote the Peter music, and right. I adore Peter's work. Um, as soon as we opened, there was a newspaper strike. Oh really? Yes. Oh, so we were was. canvassing the TKTS lines with you know pamphlets. But it, it really was, uh, I mean, my impression of it at my young age was that we, were, we had to close because of lack of um, 
of the press. Mm-hmm. You know? How old were you when this was happening? Do you remember? Was I 24? I think I was 24. Wow. That's inc- I mean, 24, dance captain. Only Not one, bad. only female brought over from the tryout. Yeah. That's so impressive. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when you hear this show mentioned, the sets, Santa La Costa sets are always mentioned. Um, it was amazing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about these sets, which everyone talks about. Well, the set was one enormous sculpture that rotated, as, as it was explained to me, on a golf cart motor. <laughs> and, and I'm sure it was slightly more powerful than a golf cart motor. But as it rotated, you would see the audience in a proscenium theater would see a different aspect or the interior of a building of the town. Wow. And, um, and it was just, it was magical. Oh yeah, um, and and it had uh, second levels, and you know, um, it was very French, mm-hmm. but it also uh, was huge. So it dwarfed yes. the actors, and the Minskoff Theater is huge, it's a big theater, huge. Yeah. And the story is a very intimate story, and ultimately, it's an anti-war piece. Yeah, you know, at, yeah. at the end of the movie, the movie. I remember the movie is very much like that. At the yeah. end of the movie, when he makes a choice, do I go back to the mad world Mm -hmm. or do i go live with the mad insane people in their asylum yeah and he makes a choice to live in the asylum wow you know i was reading somewhere that ron field had said that the reason that the show was not successful for him at least was the sets he felt that the show was beautiful but the sets ruined everything do you feel that that's the i mean that's the quote i mean do you feel that's the case that i think that's a little harsh yeah i i think that personally i think that if the show had been installed in a smaller theater, which would, of course, necessitated a less huge set, mm. it would have allowed the audience to have more of an intimate experience Indeed. with the story and with the cast. Yeah. What's next for you? Well, that was right before Christmas of, of 98. <laughs> Didn't even make hey, it through Christmas. Uh, not 98, 78. Merry 78. Christmas. Wow. Yeah, no, Merry Christmas. closing. Merry Christmas. We have time to party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then uh, somehow I auditioned. Oh, and because of my work, my time at Radio City, I had done three shows at Radio City for the uh, Bicentennial, choreographed by Peter Gennaro. Oh. Okay? Peter Gennaro, who was in the original West Side Story and just amazing human being. He was choreographing a Broadway show called Carmelina that was going to be... Carmelina. Yeah. I love the score to Carmelina. It's good. And, And I auditioned and... I thought maybe I might have an in, and, and I guess I did. He, he cast me. So I was in the ensemble of that show. And his daughter is in the show, too, Liza Gennaro. Oh, my goodness. Just, just wonderful oh, wow. uh, friendship. Yeah. yeah. She's teaching in a university now. I think oh, she's wow. at Indiana, but I don't know if she's still there. Huh. Okay. Yeah. But she's, she's Very there. talented. Whoa, this woman. What was it like working on this show? So for, for our listeners, a little plot synopsis. What is this show about? Oh, Carmelina is Mamma Mia. In, totally. In Italy. It's Mamma Mia. Mamma well, Mia goes done. to Italy. It yeah. is a story Mama of Mamma Mia. A girl doesn't know who her father is, and she invites them all to come over and, and, and figure out who it is. That'd it's really it's based on a film, though, right? It's Isn't based it on a film yeah. that Gina Lola Brigido was in. Oh, wow. Okay. I can't remember. The Three Loves of... I can't remember yeah. the Something name Mrs. of it. Something Mrs. Campbell. Buenos Aires, Buena Mrs. Yes. Campbell? Buenos Aires, Mrs. Campbell. You are so good. Well, I think you, you know. did some research. <laughs> you know. So tell me about this show, because on paper, well, I mean, obviously Mamma Mia is such a huge success, so the story works. And you have the writers for Carmelina. Oh, yeah, who who wrote the score for Carmelina? Alan J. Lerner. Yeah. 
And the first day of rehearsal, of course, I knew who he was. I still feel like I was so young, you know. Um, The first day of rehearsal, he read through the entire script and sang every song and played every song for us. No. (laughs) And I I was amazed (laughs) at this man whose his hair was red and it stuck straight up. And I thought, this man looks like he just stuck his finger in a... Electric like socket. It was like styled that yes, way? Like yes, it was, it was like... styled straight up, right? Like <laughs> so a it, crew he cut. So he sits everything. you all down and says, "Listen to me," and he sings and he reads. We're going to do a read through of the show, but I'm going to do it I, all of it. He did it, yeah. And wow. Burton, I think Burton Lane did the yeah, yeah. Did. yeah. Right. Burton Lane and Joe Stein, I think. Yeah. Was oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's incredible. It was. <laughs> that's an incredible <laughs> image. And um, and I just I just loved working on it. I loved working with Peter so much. And yeah. we try we did our out of town tryout at the Kennedy Center oh, wow. in DC, and um, just wonderful people to work with. Georgia Brown Georgia was Brown? lovely. Um, Opera singer. Uh, Georgia Brown was the original. No, no, the, 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 the fellow. The oh, right, Cesare Sieppe. Wait, say that yeah. again. You said that so Cesare nice. Cesare Sieppe. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yes, I like that. And uh, Cesare had a, a wonderful uh, operatic. Yep approach to uh his singing of course because that's where he he came from and uh there was a song in the first act when he was singing his love Mm -hmm. for uh mrs campbell the Mm -hmm. main character and the lyric is only a sunbeam could feel as i do only a Mm sunbeam which is a great lyric it is actually and and we would listen off stage, oh. and it's uh, I'm so sorry, but it sounded to our ears like only a zombie could feel <laughs> like I do. <laughs> Nailing it, Chaser. Oh Nailing my it. god, how romantic! Oh my god. how romantic! But uh, who was the director on this? Jose Ferrer, oh. the great, the great actor, director of Zero musicals, the great, <laughs> the great director of musicals. Totally. <laughs> What he was known for, right? Definitely. Um, what? Was, okay. So, wait, was this? What was it like getting directed by somebody who was not known necessarily for directing? Oh my gosh! I, I, it didn't matter if he'd never seen a musical before. You know, I mean, I felt utmost respect for this man. Mm. You know, and I had barely seen anything he'd ever done. But you just hear that name, and oh, you know, yeah. this is a man. You know, who carries weight. Yes. And um, I really, I really enjoyed working with him. Um, I have one little <laughs> regret. He, they had not cast an understudy for the uh, young woman who yeah. plays, you know, the daughter. Yeah, the Josie Jos- <clears throat> de Guzman. Right, the yeah. Josie mm-hmm. de Guzman. Mm-hmm. And so they read, uh, he read all of the ensemble ladies to be understudy. And he actually, now, and I'm, I don't mean this is a criticism, it just, it's just, I, w- I appreciate that he was being honest with me. I think he was being honest. He put his arm around me and he said, my darling, um, you're the best, but I'm going to give it to the young woman who's the swing <laughs> so that she has something else to work on. And oh. I thought, really? <laughs> really? Really? Oh That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I just wanted to understudy. Yeah. You know, yeah. what a great thing that would have been. But um, so, and I'm sorry that I... I no longer can remember the name of the lady who was the swing, mm. but you know Meryl Streep. It's Meryl Streep. <laughs> no! Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> nice, good career. Um, oh so goodness. this show, seventeen performances, and then. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's over. It was that many? Yeah. Seven, was, that many? <laughs> was that many? Was that many? Oh, I think it was Copperfield that was only 12. Yeah. I don't know. Was Maybe that, you know. You was, probably was know Was that better. your next one? No, 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 no. And the third one, I hit gold. Oh, yeah? But I didn't get to open in it. I replaced okay. Okay. in Peter Pan. Oh, great. With, yeah. And in between Peter Pan and, um, and Danson, there was Copperfield. And Copperfield was um, Ron, Rob Iscove. Huh. And uh, it was sort of balletic, okay. sort of balletic. And that was another big, um, you know, Copperfield. It's a huge story, and it, right. it, I think it had 12 performances. Iconic. But... And then um, when I auditioned for Danson, that was my um, – I had auditioned for Danson seven times. Really? And I'd always get down to the end, and I wouldn't get hired. And I had been a member of the American Dance Machine oh, wow. way before they were paying anybody to do anything. And I had worked with Graziella Danielle. I'd worked with um, other Fosse people, and they, mm-hmm. they all said, oh, you know, Fosse's going to love you. Well, he didn't love me. <laughs> I, auditioned, really? I auditioned for Pippin. I auditioned for Chicago yeah. repeatedly. And then uh, dancing. I mean, I felt like, what do you want, my firstborn son? Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I actually—that's when I started my Buddhist practice, and oh, really? it just—I don't, you know, how to explain it. But once I started my Buddhist practice, it was about a couple of months later. I got a phone call from the casting director asking me if I was available. It worked, and You're, I was numb. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, I, I, I'm available. Really? Yeah, I'm available. I still had to go in and dance with three other people, but, um, but they hired me. And I, you know, I, I was, uh, that, that show changed my life. W- learning his style, learning how to do his style with ease yeah. and without any unnecessary tension. Right. Because mm-hmm. I carried a lot of tension in my upper body, my neck and my right. shoulders. And I was so injured uh, for the first couple of months uh, with you know, when you're hitting, when you're hitting dance moves. And then like the next morning, I'll never forget this one morning, I was taking a shower and washing my hair and I put my head back and I couldn't move my head. I was stuck. Oh my and I had to call in and say, I can't do the show. And of course, when you don't perform, you don't get paid. I mean, right. you get one sick day a month. Oh my but if you're, you know, sort of paralyzed or yeah. crippled, you know, yeah. you can't, uh, you, you only get that one day off and then your, play, your pay gets docked. So it behooves you to be well, right? right? Yeah. And so I learned, I had to learn how to negotiate the choreography and it was the best 
maturing process for oh, the craft, sure. you know. And I was working with awesome people. I was going to ask you who taught you the, his, his style. I mean, Chet Walker. Chet Walker. Who's still, I mean, he's choreographed. Oh, still. Yeah. I mean, Chet I, Walker I, is amazing. Yeah. And he's so thorough, and he knows what he's talking about, and he's worked so much with Fosse side by side with him. Yeah. And he is, um, he's a taskmaster. Oh, yeah. You know? And, but we did have, uh, I know I had at least one rehearsal day with Mr. Fosse himself. Mm-hmm. He was working on Little Me across the street. Oh and we were in the Ambassador Theater, and some the whispers were around the cast, like, um, you know, Bob is in the back of the house tonight. Um, and then we were called for a rehearsal at City Center the next week. And we had an eight-hour rehearsal that I will never forget. I swear, I don't think we went over more than maybe 16 bars of dance. What? In the entire day. Oh, he was really? so specific, and we had to repeat, repeat, repeat. Just- and I was so nervous that you don't want to be the one who makes the entire cast have to redo that totally. section. Yeah. Oh, my you know? gosh, the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Every time yeah. you start at 5, 6, 7, 8. But I was, oh, my gosh, so happy to be working in this dial. Oh, and when he came backstage that night, yeah. the night he, he dropped in on us, he came backstage to each dressing room to say hi. Oh. And uh, I was at the door of my dressing room. I shared with five other good ladies. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, well, Spence, you finally got into one of my shows. <laughs> oh my God. And if I had had a presence of mind, I would have said, well, I hope you are pleased. Mm-hmm. But of course I didn't. I was so oh, well, it's nervous. It's Mr. Fosse. But you yeah. did. Fosse. You did get in it. And, yeah. then they, and they took you to, to London. Yes. After um, when Merlin closed. Yeah. Um, right on the heels of Merlin. And I had just been understudying Cheetah Rivera yeah. in that, playing the evil oh, queen. Not bad. And... And, of course, no one ever expects Cheetah to no. miss because, actually, Cheetah in her entire career has never missed an unscheduled performance except for in Merlin. And, 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 and this, this story, I was scheduled to watch. It was a matinee on yeah. a Saturday, and I was scheduled to watch as dance captain and take notes on the show. So the swing was going to go on for my part. And so now you have to remember this is before cell phones. Yeah. So before the show, I don't come in early. I, all I yeah. have to do is just sit in the audience. So I'm walking around. I got coffee and a bagel. I'm in Central yeah. Park hanging. I finally get to the show at 1.30 at half hour. Mm-hmm. I walk in, and the stage managers tackle me. And they're like, where have you been? And I said, I, 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 you know, and they said, you're on. <gasps> and I said, for who? Oh, my God. And they said, for Cheetah. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. They had no costumes for me. Everything had been designed by Theone Aldridge. It was spandex, luckily, because oh I was three inches taller yeah. than uh-huh. Cheetah. And they had just gotten a whole bunch of T-strap uh, shoes from Capizio and just sprayed them <laughs> the right color and glued some jewels on them. <laughs> and uh, they quickly ran me through all of the magic tricks because I had to turn a oh, panther right, into right. a woman. And I, I had to turn into um, stone. And, oh, there was so much magic in the show with Doug Henning. Yeah, Doug, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, then, and then I'm standing up on this huge set piece, and the curtain's getting ready to go up, and you hear that announcement. At this performance, the role oh. of the evil queen, usually played by Cheetah Rivera, will be played by Spence Ford. And the awes oh, no. and the oh, no, no. <laughs> And I'm standing no. backstage just like, oh, please, give me a chance. Just oh, give me a chance. <laughs> Please be forgiving. Oh, and then how did it go? Yeah, how did it go? Well, I um, 
There were moments yeah, when I was for sure. There were Your moments. First time doing it with all the set pieces and with all the costumes. There were the moments when I was looking at Doug Henning and thinking, "I know what you want, and I know I'm not giving it to you, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm supposed to say." <laughs> But I made up something. That's incredible. Okay, so let's let's talk about Merlin because this is notorious. Merlin was very big, Mm. and and uh, there were huge tricks in it, and um, there was very complicated magic. And of course, we all had to sign riders. I was going to ask you that. It was all very secretive. We can't divulge how this how the tricks are done, and um, and I was involved in, in a couple of big ones. Um, because in one, they needed somebody who was small enough to get in the thing and strong enough to be able to manipulate the thing, you know. So, um, yeah, I I was actually inside the Black Knight, which is the creature that the evil queen, Cheetah Rivera, creates to battle the uh, puny young Merlin. And um, anyway... So I was the I mean, Black Knight. I wish I could see that. Actually. <laughs> if I had a time machine, I would I mean... love to go back and see this. Now, is it true that one of the shows was canceled because there was a snowstorm and animals couldn't uh, come we, into the theater? There were so many animals in the show. There, there were animals in the show? Oh, yeah. There were ducks. Oh, part of the, part of the magic. There was a small pony. Oh. They had, they had, they had this, I love a small pony. There, yeah. was, there was a pony that like, was on stage, and then it appeared on a box hanging above the uh, – not the audience, but up, yeah. up left. You know, I mean yeah. – I don't know how that trick was done. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, what other animal? Oh, the leopard. The black leopard. leopard the panther. A pa- black panther. Yeah. Um, anyway, there were a lot of animals. And the animals came from uh, one particular organization in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we had this major snowstorm. This was in the winter of 83. Yeah. And uh, they just couldn't get the animals into the city. So the audience is sitting there, and Doug gives this the curtain speech that everyone's tickets will be refunded, and please come back another day because we can't do the show without the animals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So The show did not go on. <laughs> oh, and another thing, I don't know if you know this, that we started rehearsals on the show in, like, September, and we were supposed to open in December. Mm-hmm. The opening night was postponed five times. We were in 10 out of 12s for two months. Dance of the Vampires. Tech rehearsals for two months. Mm -hmm. And while we were in tech rehearsals, uh, like, for example, we would do a matinee on a Sunday. We'd have rehearsal before, do a matinee, and have rehearsal after for five hours. That's That's crazy. And they they were doing rewrites, and we were learning new songs and doing new choreography while we're doing the old version at night. Who did the music? Was it Elmer Bernstein? Uh, Elmer Bernstein, Elmer Bernstein and Don Black, Don I think, Black. Did, the, did the lyrics oh, for interesting. it. Interesting. Do you, do you remember who the director was? Uh, is it Ron Field or no? Ron was not involved. No, I don't know. Oh, um, Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman Ivan, ended up. Is he a movie? He was he the is, producer yeah. of Animal House, and he ended up being the director of, of Merlin. But the original director was British, and... And I was so hoping that you would remember his name. No, I don't. And the the original choreographer was Ron Field. Ron Field, he was the original choreographer. fired after two weeks. Oh, after wow! Two weeks. Okay, Why? now this is my third show with him. With, yeah. Okay. Because when I did Peter Pan, he, Ron oh, had taken right. over to Doctor Peter Pan, Got and it. Ron hired me. Oh, wow! And um, and he paid me an enormous compliment when he was holding the initial auditions for Merlin. Yeah. He told me later I had no idea that he liked. My talent, yeah. I had no idea. There was no way to tell yeah. from him. But he said, when you walked in, when you showed up for the auditions, you were my standard. 
And what I was a like, compliment. whoa. That's actually really nice. Yeah. And um, so, so we had quite a topsy-turvy experience in the rehearsal process. Ron was fired. They brought in, I want to say his name is Billy Wilson from L.A. And mm-hmm. then we ended up with Chad... Um, Oh, no. Oh, Chris, 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 Chadman Chris Chadman and uh, Wayne Salento oh, wow. doing choreography. Wayne Salento. For, wow. Yeah. And it, so it was a lot of different styles. And actually, we had a joke that Ivan Reitman uh, would get a nosebleed after eight bars of dance. <laughs> so he, he just kept cutting dance sections. <laughs> So what just wasn't <laughs> working? What wasn't working? This sounds like it could... I mean, the story itself is theatrical. Well, it, ran yeah. six, it ran six months. Yeah. I felt like bad. it was a success, yeah. success. But I think it cost so much. Mm. Pricey, yeah. It was, isn't it the biggest financial flop? I think it was one of next the Next to Carrie. That's oh, right. really? I was so was... annoyed when Carrie opened and closed. I was doing a tour of Cats, and I missed it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's... <laughs> I was in the biggest flop on yeah. Broadway. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> How dare you, you carry? That's right. So yeah. right now, also, yeah, true. the cast, though, of Merlin. I yeah. mean, obviously, you have Cheetah Rivera, who's a legend. Yeah. But Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Is in what? it. He was not a happy camper. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say nothing's well, changed. Well, I mean, but. he has a very, because I've heard people interview him about that, and he has a very great line, which is, he goes, Doug Henning was an amazing magician. He could make a whole audience disappear. <laughs> Wonderful comic. I yeah, love him. Oh I gosh. love him. And was Christian Slater? Christian Slater a was young, the very young Merlin. young Merlin. Yeah. And guess what? Hmm. He was in Copperfield. He so, was. He was the right. he was the understudy to um, the young David Copperfield. So wait, wow. Copperfield was what about two years before this? Three years before this? Oh my gosh! Don't ask me that way. Uh, all I know 81? is that Copperfield was after Peter Pan. So it was. It was 81. 81. You're right. So Copperfield, David Copperfield, I'm I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And so what was going on with this show? It sounds like it should have been. Yeah. It was was, um, too much, you know, too much uh, story. Well, Dickens is dense. And I, I, I personally cannot remember any of the music from that. I can't well, even a, remember. That's who a great. Did it. <laughs> that's that's a great. Isn't that it's, terrible? It's Al Kasha and Joel Hirschhorn. Oh, because the they did. Yes. yes, those those yes. great the great team of Kasha and Hirschhorn. Yeah, <laughs> which sounds like a deli, <laughs> doesn't it? Terrible. I mean, I'm sure it was. They were lovely. But you were talent. in the show and you heard it every day, and you don't remember any of the scores. It so was. That's... It was a very traumatic time in my life, though. If okay. this can be any excuse to uh, Kasha and Hirschhorn listening out there, yes. And, Radio Land. Um, oh, wait. What are we on? Podcast <laughs> Land. Podcast <laughs> Land. Podcast Land. Um, I was going through divorce, uh-huh. and it was really traumatic. So I, I really had a tough time remembering. And then my dance partner got fired from the show a week before we opened. From Copperfield. From Copperfield. And we had major lifts, and I was wearing a 30-pound costume, and I felt oh, like he was unfairly fired. And they fired him wow. by calling him. At home, on his day off, on his birthday. Oh, oh my God. No one should be fired like that. Who was the director no. and choreographer? That I, Rob I, Iskove. Rob oh, it is Rob Iskove. Yeah. Said that, yeah. yeah. What else? I'm unfamiliar with the name. I don't know what else he's done. He's done a lot of uh, Vegas and a lot of things out in California. Oh, interesting. I wonder why he would be a copper. I think he was Canadian, too. Uh, oh, you know wait, those Canadians. Was. They're not he, nice. You know, he is Canadian. You know those. <laughs> no, he, I, I, don't think he had, I don't think he had anything to do with it. Okay. Oh, all right. I'm just... That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think well, it was producers. Uh, interesting. 
And Copperfield runs a very lucky 13 performances. 13 Unlucky performances. 13 performances. Oh, I thought it was 12. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have it. Well, you know, we gave you an extra one. I'm trusting one for, you. For, I'm trusting you. Know, you. For kindness. Wow. Um, okay, so you do that. Then it goes to Merlin. Yeah. That's its own thing. What happens after Merlin? Where are you going next? I remember being in the, um, the, Mar- the Mark Hellinger Theater, which after oh. Merlin, mm-hmm. it got bought or rented by the church, yeah. whatever church that is. And it's so, I'm, I'm so sad that that theater where, that has so many warm memories for me totally. has never been a theater since then. You can still go in and look at it. And the oh, you theater, can? You can walk in. The ch- it's a church, yeah. but they still, they've maintained all of the, the glass and all of the, I mean, the, ch- it's oh, the church okay. the yeah. theater is yeah. still pristine. But yeah, you walk in and you just feel the ghosts. So I mean, I, I have major memories oh, in my that, head. And Legs Diamond, I think, was one of the last shows. That they did that a few too. shows yeah. after Merlin in there. Oh, but they it was, did? Yeah, okay. It seemed, it seemed yeah. like, unfortunately, a very unlucky house for whatever it reason. Was. And then it got sold to this... This church. I thought that Seesaw played there. Maybe that was too long ago to be lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think that no, Seesaw, I think that, yeah, I think 70s. no, I think there were some hits yeah. that were in there, but something in the eighties, I don't know, because it was that, no. and I think Grind, Grind might have been in yeah. there. I think, and um, so yeah, that's okay. Well, I can remember being um, at the stage door entrance. It was a payphone, and I was returning a call to somebody. I think it was Gail Benedict. Mm-hmm. Gail Benedict was in the original company of dancing, mm. and she was putting together a tour, uh, a company of dancing that would go to London. Mm. And before it went to London, it would do a two-month tour, you know, basically to get us all seasoned yeah. together. Yeah, right. And um, and I accepted. I mean, I would have jumped through oh, no. uh, anything to 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 work on the Fosse material again, um, any kind of Fosse show. And a couple of my friends really thought I'd made a mistake, that I'd just gone on for Cheetah mm-hmm. Rivera on Broadway. What was I doing leaving town? Not just leaving town, leaving the country. Right. And I just thought, uh, you know what? I, I want to go to London, oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the first things we got to do in London was we, we performed... Uh, every fall, they do this thing called the Royal Command Performance mm-hmm. for the Queen. Mm-hmm. And it's held in the Drury Lane Theater. And that's where dancing was going into. So oh. we were in the host theater. Oh, yeah. And uh, the stage is raked, like a lot of European stages, yeah. uh, which added a little extra you oh, know, difficulty mm-hmm. to the Fosse choreography. And we d- were going to be doing the uh, Dancing Man, the tribute to Bob Fosse number. And um, and that was what we did, like, the very first week we were in London. And guess, oh, my gosh, See, tremendous memory. Uh, not only did I get to meet the queen, Gene Kelly was the MC. What? Oh, my gosh. And I went up to him backstage and introduced myself and then immediately burst into tears. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Gene Kelly and Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> In one day. And one day. And you're dancing Bob Fosse's material. Why yeah. not? Like, in the Drury Lane Theater. God. It was amazing. You know, I have to ask you, was, is there any choreographer that you really wished you could have worked with that you didn't get the chance to work with firsthand? I mean, you've got Bob Fosse, you've got Ron Field, Peter Gennaro, you've got so many great ones. Well, I would love to work with any choreographer, all of them. I mean, I, I remember being able to uh, go to see Agnes DeMille give oh, lectures wow. on her work at Hunter College. Oh. And I had a friend who was part of the troupe that would demonstrate her work. And I, golly, you know, it's like I, I just missed by a hair mm. an opportunity of, of yeah. doing, of working with her um, and working with Jerome Robbins. My, oh. ex, my ex-husband got to work with uh, him doing a play at the... 
oh, what's that, the tiny little theater in the bottom of Lincoln Center? Um, oh, Mitzi New House. Mitzi New House, yeah. And and I went to see it, but there was very little movement in yeah. it. But, oh, my gosh, I would have loved to have experienced. Yeah. I mean, I've heard uh, many, of many course. stories. Yes. <laughs> notorious as well. But I want to tell my own, you know. Right. Um, and, uh, but I did. I got to work with so many great people. There was one career. Are you, are you familiar with Betsy Haug? No, I'm not. Betsy Haug uh, was a very Vegas kind of jazz person. Uh-huh. And um, there was an audition for her show. And now I can't think of the name of it. Maybe it was Grind. But mm. um, I went and took a class with her. And I felt the most awkward person on the planet. I mean, because her style was so different from oh, anything I had done. Oh, yeah. I felt really? like, oh, my God, I've got to learn how to walk again, you know. Really? But, that um, different from, from anyone else? Oh, my gosh, because oh. it was not ballet-based. Right. It was yeah. not Matt Maddox, Jack Cole-based. Jack Cole, yeah. No, it was no. so different from my whole experience, you know. Um, and I'm sure there are many other choreographers yeah. that I'm just not thinking of right yeah. now. But Michael Bennett, I was he? Oh my gosh, Michael Bennett! I made a I made a, a demi career out of auditioning for him. Oh yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I auditioned for a chorus line so many oh, times. Oh, oh my god! Oh, that's the story. Um, oh. When I was doing my first Easter show at Radio City, 1975. Uh huh. Peter Gennaro comes into rehearsal one day, and he had a double lateral lisp that I don't Aww. know if I can now recreate for you. But Peter. he would come in and say, "Kids, kids, oh, <laughs> just last night I went to see a show. It's down at Joe Pep's. It's called a chorus line. You gotta go see it." <laughs> And I always do what people tell me to do. So I went down that night, got a ticket, and saw it. And I sat there and wept my eyes out. Oh, I bet. This is my life. Yes. You know? So I saw it before it was probably frozen. Sure, sure. You know, before it came to the Schubert. And and didn't most of you dancers know each other? The gypsies? No. I mean, was it a small Well, a lot of us did. And by that, no, not by that point. I got to know more of the gypsies when I did the when Millican show. Ah, gotcha. yeah, oh, really? Yeah, because that you're meeting others from other shows. All of too. these, all of yeah. these. Oh, and they made fun of me. Why? These Millican dance, these Broadway gypsies. They made fun of me because I, I warmed up all the time. It was, I was, I was kind of a social. Um, um, I don't want to use an, uh, <laughs> a, a, a non PC word. Oh please! I, I was. Um, I was challenged in okay. in relation relating to people. Got it. So, so I would you were just the girl in the corner stretching was, her legs. I was stretching and, and yeah. doing ballet warm up and jazz warm up and practicing pirouettes all the time, and they just made so much fun of me. Tommy Walsh, you know, in the yeah. original chorus oh, line. Yeah. Um, uh, Justin Ross. Oh my. oh my gosh! Oh, they would tease me unmercifully. <laughs> oh well. But you got eight <laughs> Broadway shows out of it, Bam. so there you go. That's true. Wow. That's true. What was the last show you did on Broadway? Well, the last show, by the way, we've just skipped over the most important, uh, no, the longest show oh, I was, did. What was your longest? La Cage Fall. Your longest was La Cage. I oh, went, my gosh. I went to London oh. with dancing. Mm-hmm. When I came back, um, I, was, I had been offered um, doing some, oh, swinging La Cage in L.A. Okay. And I, I turned Stuart Howard down the casting director yeah. and I said I just got back from London I really want to work in New York I, who did I think I was you well, know 
<laughs> so I what did I yeah. did a little dinner theater up in Darien of um, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And then that fall, I was getting remarried. Um, not to the same man. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, right before the wedding, <laughs> um, Stuart called me back. Stuart called me back and said, Spence, I know you don't want to swing out of town. How about swinging on Broadway? And I thought about a half a second, and I said, sure. Yeah. And the, uh, one of the female swings in La Caja Fall was marrying George Hearn, and she didn't want to do the show anymore. Oh. And, now, let me tell you, this is 1984, and if you read back, it was death. It was like Broadway was dying. There was, there was no, no, show, yeah. Yeah. no shows opening, and nobody was leaving any show they were in. I couldn't be, her name was Leslie, Leslie Stevens. No, not Leslie Stevens. Leslie, she became Hearn. She left the show, and so wow. I got to be in it. And I rehearsed wow. with Van Johnson, oh oh, and Van- then Van Johnson and I went into Lacage oh together. My. Now that's really cool. I know it was that's great. That's really cool. Yeah. So I was swinging. So I was covering eight men and uh, four women. <laughs> that's amazing. Fantastic. I love that. Um, love that. And uh, and it was a magnificent job. I really, really, um, I was I was physically injured. I had um, tendonitis in both hips from dancing on the rake stage in London doing dancing. Oh. And I, um, because of being a swing, I didn't have to perform every show. And when I went on, I didn't have to do the same kind of thing mm-hmm. each time. Yeah. Like when I would mm-hmm. do the... Um, the can-can, sometimes I would do the jump splits on the left leg and sometimes on the right leg. So I was always mixing it up, you know. So I, I was able to heal. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's That intense. choreography on that original production is fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Scott Sal- Salmon. Scott Salmon? Mm-hmm. Sal- Salmon? Salmon. Wow. Really, uh, really, really uh, good. Very, he uh, was so talented. And, yeah. Yeah. So Van Johnson and George Hearn, I'm assuming Mm -hmm. you got to work with them. And then um, Mm -hmm. I've always heard... Peter Marshall. Peter from Hollywood Squares. (laughs) What? Yes. And uh, Keen Curtis, right? And Keen Curtis. I got to work with him, too. That's amazing. Because I stayed in Lacage. I have always been committed to, you get a job, you stick with it till Uh, the end. Yeah. The only show I ever left was that tour of Cats. That was the, what what prompted that you? That tour of cats. There's got to be a I story did the, there. I did the third national uh-huh. tour. I did 20 weeks of painting my face and crawling on my knees. And then I said, <laughs> that's it. I'm done. I got my unemployment claim. I mean, the, the prep work beforehand must have taken so long every show. And no one knows who you are when you come out at the stage and door. Right. I mean, and oh, not, not that I'm in it for the fame. But, but, but there's but, an element of, you know, being at least your family knows where you are and stuff. Oh, I'm very goodness. proud it's, I, that I have that credit yes, on my are. resume. Sure. But I, I just could not. I was 35 years old crawling on my hands and knees yeah. for two and a half hours. And which, which cat were you? I was the Siamese cat, so I couldn't wear any leg warmers or knee warmers to oh. protect. I was bruised so from top to toe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. That, but getting back to Lakash, how long oh. was that? How long was that yeah. run? I mean, how long were you in that? Well, the show opened on Broadway in '83, right. and I got in in November. Uh, I got in in November of '83. Mm-hmm. No, it must have opened in '82. Anyway, I know it had been running for a year, right. and then I got in it, and it, and I stayed in it until the fall of '87. Excellent. Oh. Did you so stay with three it till it closed? Years. That's mm-hmm. a nice long wow. run. Were you? Yeah. Th- I'm so curious. Were you there when they tried to put Robert Stack into the show? 
Yes. <gasps> okay, now, but I'm not going to remember details. That's like a vague. I had just I had read what? in Arthur Lawrence's book that they yeah. brought Robert Stack in and it wasn't working out. And he just went up to him very calmly and said, it's not working out. And Robert Stack said, okay, see you later. And they parted very amicably. But it's so rare that you it's hear... Like Arthur Lawrence story. No, it's <laughs> not so rare that he's so calm and but someone's he's... getting fired from a major Broadway musical going, okay, oh, thank sure. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just wondering if yeah. you had any insight onto that. But no, okay. maybe they were paying him so much that it was fine. Uh, you know, oh, that could be it. There's always that. And then he went off to go host Unsolved Mysteries, well, which was... One of my favorite shows. What a great career he had. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so what was the last Broadway show? Teddy and Alice. Teddy Very, and, and Alice. And who was, who was Teddy? Teddy was Len Cariou. And it was the story of? The story of the president, Teddy Roosevelt, and his daughter, Alice. Uh, his wife had died before he was elected to the presidency. So his wife, I mean, his daughter served as right. the first lady, uh, yeah. you know, in those events. Yeah. And all of the music was written by John Philip Sousa. Oh, I know very little about this and musical, actually. And they took um, lyrics. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I wish I, I, wish I could express this uh, well. There was, there was a song. <laughs> so um, do they, I think. Yeah, oh, I'm dear. excited for this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with it. Go for it. Um, it. They took a song that was not a ballad. It was an uptune. It was a march, uh-huh. right? Yeah. It's all Sousa. And they made it a ballad. Oh. And it was very poignant. And I was really impressed. I was really impressed with it. But now I can't remember what it is. But it was was taking John Philip Sousa's music Mm -hmm. and putting, I'm assuming, new lyrics to the music and then changing tempos and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like in my club act, I sang a little snippet of, wave the flag, wave the flag, wave it high. (laughs) (laughs) Wave the flag once again. Riveting lyrics. That is brilliant. (laughs) Sondheim is jealous. Jealous of anything. So this sounds, once again, it sounds like a very interesting premise, except, I mean, you, you know historically what happens you know i mean you know how it pans out but um what was going well i don't the drama of it was her uh need to have her own independent life away from dad away from dad and i don't think that was uh strong enough to sustain a broadway musical yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah, it's like grow up okay get out of the house i'm gone That's a very, that's an interesting, (laughs) musical in 30 seconds. Here we go. (laughs) Now wave the flag and we'll move on with our lives. Oh, and I just, just for fun, okay, uh, how I got that job in Teddy Mm -hmm. now, if you don't mind. Um, Lakage closed in November. I sell, you know, my, uh, my husband was out on the road with the Cats uh, Third National and, um, and then on New Year's Day, New Year's Day, I get a call from the dance captain mm-hmm. of Teddy and Alice, and she's an old friend of mine. I used to replace her in show after show after show. She'd always get hired first, and then yeah. when she would leave, I would You're come in. in. <laughs> and she called me, and she said, Spence, um, are you available? Because we got someone leaving, and if you fit the costume, you're in. And the I old fit the costume. <laughs> fit the audition. costume. So I ran. Get this. It was in the Minsk Goth Theater. <gasps> So now we've, come full cir- well, now we've come full circle. Oh, my. So I run down to the Minskoff. I try on the dress, and I have very broad shoulders. Uh-huh. And I knew a couple of people in the wardrobe staff. They're trying to zip me up, and they're like, don't worry, honey. We'll just put a gusset in. Oh. And, and I'm like, bless you. And so I got the job, you know, because basically because I knew the wardrobe people, you know. Yeah. So I rehearsed. the wardrobe people. I yeah. rehearsed for a week, and on my opening night, they posted the closing notice. Oh. <laughs> but I did get to polka with Lynn Carew. For oh, a week. 
That is very cool. That's yes. nice. I'd like to do that. Yeah, I think yeah. we would all like oh to poker gosh, with Oh my gosh, I love him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. He's going to be a guest for us. He is. <gasps> oh, how exciting. Yeah. I'd love to see him yeah. again. Oh, we'll send your love. Oh my gosh. We'll, well after that, uh, so this was like, you know, July, and then I get another phone call asking, I know, I feel so blessed. Would you like to go on tour in Cats with your husband? <laughs> Would I? <laughs> like, let wow. me. When does the business ever do that? And yeah. we're trying to make a baby, and I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right now, right yeah. now. And so I went in and sang for the powers that be, Jeff Lee and Richard Stafford, and um, and they yeah. put me in as as Cassandra, yeah. the Siamese cat, <laughs> and I did it for my 20 weeks, and then I right. had another gig Got working with Alan Johnson. Alan Johnson was in the original West Side Story, and he oh, used wow. to do a lot of the Millican breakfast shows. Mm-hmm. And he was choreographing a version of Can Can to go in Atlantic City. And like the Cole Porter musical? Yeah. In Atlantic she, and City. Cheetah Rivera had toured the country at playing Pistache, the lead woman in Can Can, with the Rockettes being the Can Can girls. <laughs> what? Never heard of this. You didn't oh, know no. this tour? Oh, okay. My and so she, Cheetah, did a combination of the lead role, Pistache, uh-huh. with the comic uh, comedian, mm-hmm. Claudine, mm-hmm. who was the yeah. dance feature. Right. So they combined those characters. So she did it all. She did oh, the dancing did. and the singing. Well, she didn't want to do two shows a night at Harrah's in Atlantic City. <laughs> So No, she didn't. No, she don't need to. <laughs> so they called me and asked if I would like to play Claudine. And um, so they re-separated the roles, you know, so now yeah. I would be doing the, the dance lead. And, of course, everybody in the audience thought I was a rockette. So I was kind of, all of my interviews were about, no, I'm not a rockette. Thank well, you very much. Of course, yeah. But it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Oh and uh, two shows a night and... I had decided at one point in rehearsal that once we got the show up, I was going to count how many kicks we had to do in the show. Yeah. It was a 90-minute version of the show, no mm-hmm. intermission, mm-hmm. right? I counted the finale. The finale had 150 kicks in it, and I decided I couldn't, I couldn't face That's... counting the entire show, so I didn't. 150 kicks in the, finale. In the finale. I was, finale. I was in a terrific shape then. Oh, I bet you were. And guess what? That summer, I got pregnant. <laughs> yes. She's kicking. <laughs> that kicking paid off. I don't know that that had anything to do with it. I was exhausted. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I kicked, and that's what happened. Thank you so much for being with yes. us. Uh, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this was Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And today we were talking to Spence Ford. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And on Twitter, at Broadway Curtain. Until next time, take care. Bye. Don't forget to tune in next week when our guest is Tony Award-winning costume designer William Ivy Long. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.